Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another day of daily devotions. Now, we are hoping in the next few days to be able to give you some more exciting announcements about what is coming next and what opportunities we will be having. So please do keep your eyes and ears open to our morning devotions and our nightly services as we get to update you on what's coming. For today, we do have our drive-in service, so we look forward to seeing you either on Saturday or Sunday Come and be a part of our drive-in service that we have. Now, we've got two on Saturday, two on Sunday, both at Main Campus and at South Campus. So that is 7.30 and 9.30, either Saturday or Sunday. So please do sign up, register. We would love to get to have you come and be a part of our drive-in service and for us to at least be able to fellowship a little bit like that. So again, reach out to your campus pastor, your district pastor, anybody like that, and we can help reserve a car slot for you and for your family. So now let's pray and get into the word. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity that we have right now to get to come together in your presence, to get to hear your word, to get to have time to worship, to get to have the unfolding Lord of the word of God. Lord, we pray and ask, be with us, Lord. We ask, Lord God, that you help us, Lord, understand the word, that as our hearts turn to worship, Lord, we will feel your presence, that, Lord, you will continue to give us guidance and wisdom and provide opportunities for for us, Father. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now let's open up our hearts and get ready for some praise and worship.
right, everybody, now we are going to be getting into the Word of God. So let's get our nice big Bibles out, some pens, our rulers, and let's get ready. Now, we have been in our Old Testament going through the book of Job. And today we're going to take a look at two more chapters with the book of Job. Now, I hope you're seeing some really important principles here. Like it's really important who our friends are, who's influencing us. And a very, very, very big important principle that we see here is to conquer fear. That if we don't conquer fear, in turn, fear can come and conquer us and control us in our life. That what you fear can come upon you. And that's something that you see throughout the book of Job. So I hope you keep those things in mind as we read through our two chapters this morning. Let's open up our Bibles and let's take a look at Job 19 and Job 20. Then Job answered and said, How long will you torment me and break me into pieces with words? Ten times you have cast reproach upon me. Are you not ashamed to wrong me? And even if it be true that I have erred, my errors remain with myself. Indeed, you magnify yourselves against me and make my disgrace an argument against me. Know then that God has put me in the wrong and closed his net about me. Behold, I cry out, violence, but I am not answered. I call for help, but there is no justice. He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass. He has set darkness upon my path. He has stripped me from my glory and has taken the crown from my head. He breaks me down on every side and I am gone. And my hope has pulled up like a tree. He has kindled his wrath against me. He counts me as his adversary. His troops come on together, and they have set their cast up and siege ramp against me and encamp around my tent. He has put my brothers far from me, and those who know me who are wholly estranged from me. My relatives have failed me. My close friends, they've forgotten me. The guests in my house and my maidservants count me as a stranger, and I have become a foreigner in their eyes. I call to my servant, but he gives no answer. I must plead with him with my mouth for mercy. My breath is strange to my wife, and I am a stench to the children of my own mother. Even young children despise me. When I rise, they talk against me, and my intimate friends abhor me. And those whom I loved have turned against me. My bones stick to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. O you, my friends, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do you, like God, pursue me? Why are you not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with iron and pen and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. 
If you say how we will pursue him and the root of the matter is found in him, be afraid of the sword for the wrath brings punishment of the sword that you may know there is judgment. Chapter 20. Zophar speaks that the wicked will suffer. Then Zophar the Amethyte answered and said, Therefore my thoughts answer me because of my haste within me. I hear censure that insults me, and out of my understanding a spirit answers me. Do you not know from this from of old, since man was placed on earth, that the exalting of the wicked is short, and that the joys of the godless are but for a moment, though his height mount up to the heavens, and his head reach out to the clouds, he will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and not be found. He will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eye that saw him will see him no more, nor will he place any more behold him. His children will seek the favor of the poor and his hands will give back his wealth. His bones are full of youth vigor, but it will lie down with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, though he hides it under his tongues, though he loathes to let it go and holds it in his mouth, yet his food is turned in his stomach. It is venom of cobras within him. He swallows down riches and vomits them up again. God casts them out of his belly. He will suck the poison of the cobras. The tongue of the viper will kill him. He will not look upon the rivers, the streams flowing with honey and curd. He will give back the fruit of his toil and will not swallow it down. From the profit of his trading, he will get no enjoyment, for he has crushed and abandoned the poor. He has seized the house that he did not build. But because he knew no contentment in his belly, he will not let anything in which he delights escape him. There was nothing left after he had eaten. Therefore, his prosperity will not endure. In the fulfillment of his sufficiency, he will be in distress. The hand of everyone in misery will come against him to fill his belly to the full. God will send his burning anger against him and rain upon him and his body. He will flee into an iron weapon. The bronze arrow will strike him through. It is dawn forth and come out of his body. The glittering points shall come out of his gallbladder. Terrors will come upon him. Utter darkness is laid up for his treasure. A fire not fanned will devour him. What is left in his tent will be consumed. The heavens will reveal his iniquity. And the earth will rise up against him. The possessions of his house will be carried away, dragged off the day of God's wrath. And the wicked man's portion from God, the heritage decreed for him by God. There's so much worry and questioning and doubt that you see in the book of Job. You see friends come and you question, were those really good friends or not? But there's something that is really important for us to note. God, 
God and his promises, God and who he is, that no matter what, one of the things I love in that passage in Job 19 is even if I fade, I will see the Lord, he says. No matter what might come in the world and situation around us, we've got God. No matter what might happen, we have him. We will see him. And one day we will truly get to see him face to face. That's a great thing to remember as we turn and worship the Lord some more.
Now for our New Testament passage. We're going to be opening up in 1 Corinthians, and we are going to go through chapter 6. Now, as we get ready to start chapter 6, there's some things I'd like to point out. Today, we're going to be taking a look and seeing how we should handle things within the body of Christ and not always go and turn to the world. That the world is not going to always have understanding about things for us. Why? Because we are children of God and they are children of the world. So let's keep some of those things as mind as we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 6 right now. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? So you have a disagreement? You're going to go to a sinner instead of a Christian to settle? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to life? So, if you have such cases, why lay them down before those who have no standing in the church? Why bring your stuff to the world? Why bring your stuff to people who have no understanding or no comprehension of what you're going through, who don't have their life eternity bound in heaven? That one day you're going to be judging angels. So among the body of Christ, we should be able to handle each other. I say this to your shame. Can it be that there be no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But brothers go to law against brother and that before unbelievers. So Christian and Christian against each other. And the person who's going to decide between them is a sinner. That doesn't make sense. He's saying here. To have lawsuits with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers? Fix it among yourselves. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So why go to them? Why ask them for advice? Why seek the counsel of the world? Why seek the wisdom of the world when they're not going to inherit what we get to inherit? So why even ask them? I think that's a really good point. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So he says, this was you, but now you are justified. You are saved. You are just as if you never sinned. You are clean. So don't worry about it. Don't deal with that stuff anymore. Verse 12, flee from sexual immorality. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. 
The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. We were created for a specific purpose and things around us are created for a specific purpose and they shouldn't be used in a way that is not the purpose of their creation. And God raised the Lord and will also raise up by his power. Do you not know that your body is a member of Christ? Do I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is written, the two become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside of the body. But sexual immoral person sins against his own body. This is a sin against yourself, something you do that's going to hurt yourself. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Keep your body holy. Let's remember, we're all created for a clear and specific purpose. And we need to use our bodies for its created purpose. And that is to honor the Lord, to worship him not to fulfill our own plans and our own desires. That's not what we were created for, but God created us specifically for him. Let's remember our purpose. Let's remember our topos. Let's remember our why and not stray from that, but keep hold to God, to his plans, to his promises, to the purpose of his creation for us. Amen. Let's take a few minutes and let's pray. Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, we understand. We've turned away many times from the plans that you've had for us. Lord, we are not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But Lord, we come and ask, help us, Lord God. Lord, we want to live a life that is holy and righteous and acceptable to you. Lord, we want to live a life for the creation that we are. We want to live a life that gives you honor and praise. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to live a life that you can bless, to remember that we are not our own, but we belong to you. Let us, Lord, be able to settle things among ourselves, Father. Let us be able to hold on to your word, to hold on to your promises. Lord, let us not let fear come into our life. Let's not let fear conquer us, Lord God, but let us hold fast to your plans and your promises that, Lord, they are yes and amen. That, Father, you have great things in store for us and we do not need to be afraid. That, Lord, we will realize what we fear will come upon us so we will choose to be bold. We will choose to hold on to you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I hope you learned something this morning as we got into the word of God. And I hope you will apply these things into your life so that you don't have fear that's going to control you. So that you don't take things outside of the body of Christ that can be settled within the body. And so that you realize you were created for a very, very clear very specific purpose and that is to worship honor and serve god now again 
we have our drive-in services all this weekend. Now, we would love to get to have you come and be a part. We do have slots left in all services and all campuses, so please do reach out to your campus pastor or your district pastor and let us help you by saving a slot for you. We so look forward to being able to see you at least mask to mask in the parking lot in your cars, to be able to pray with you and to be so excited with all the things that God is doing in your life. So I look forward to seeing you in main campus or south campus this weekend. Take care and have an amazing day. God bless.